Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. That's right. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And this is the district where we talk about state and local news, politics, things going down on campus, stuff like that. I am joined today by Maya Taylor. Myself, Tony, <laughs> Good job. and we actually have a special guest, Devon Clark. Welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'll introduce uh, introduce you real quick. Of course, as I sit here without the my meticulously planned notes in front of me. Um, so, real quick, Devon is the owner and founder of ADC Kid, an African American children's multimedia company with an educational focus. They're working on a campaign to pitch educational children to pitch an educational children's series called The Adventures of Prada and Chilada to major television and video on demand networks. The series first released in 2016 as a more of a full-length educational movie. Um, but one of the really special things about it is that it will actually be the first African American produced animation series on a major platform in the early childhood educational genre. And Devon's a Temple alum. So extra, <laughs> extra WHIP bonus points there. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's just jump right into it. Um, how did you get from graduation to today um, and tell me a little bit about the program itself and how you got it started, how it evolved. Okay, so to get from graduation to today, to today I graduated in 07 from Temple when it was still called SCAT. I'm not sure if it's still called SCAT today and where communications and theater and journalism, everything was combined together. It's kind of come up. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. It's kind of come apart into separate things. Now we have what Tomlinson, which is still in and ran in the theater department. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's still still the theater department. Yeah. Still the theater department is. Is it like a separate thing from Klein? Though. Yeah, but it's in the same building. Yeah, they like share full space. I actually don't know where they are. (laughs) They're like on like the right side of Annenberg. I know where Tomlinson is, but like where are their classes? I have no idea. To, to beats me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the film kids. Like I know you in the equipment office, and that's it. I don't know where you are. The rest of the time. <laughs> you, you were saying? Yeah, no. So yeah, that was before. So that was a while ago. It's so crazy how actually everything has grown on this campus. Um, because yeah. we literally, when I was leaving, they had they just was building that art um, building across the street. Like that wasn't there. Tyler. Um, yeah, it was just a music building. It was the music school, and they were separate from theater so i think they kind of combined it together now and so um i left here in 2007 in the height of the quote-unquote recession mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i always tell people it wasn't a recession if biz- big business big businesses are making money then it can't be a recession mm-hmm. um but i left and my aunt who was in education she told me that i needed to get a job and um theater was not going to be a job at the moment <laughs> And so um, I actually went into substitute teaching in Camden, New Jersey for about two years. Um, and then being that I graduated from Temple with a degree in theater and um, a scat and journalism, all that stuff, that craziness. Um, after two years, I moved to California and I was still working in education in California. And then I actually got into the TV and film industry 
and started doing production work for uh, TV One and um, and line producing stuff for other things in California. And um, through TV One, I was a- actually able to jump on um, Unsung, which is a docuseries that goes through the lives of artists in like the mid. When I first started, it was the mid 70s and 80s. Um, when I left, it became the 90s, kind of got incorporated into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through that, I was able to get two NAACP Image Awards through um, TV One, which was excellent. Congrats. Um, thank you. <laughs> You're like, just Very so belated, you know, fun but... fact. You, know, you got I'm a few receipts. I got you know, I have, I have to say, because if not, my dad is going to kill me. And I know he's listening to this um, interview. That's why I asked for the... Um, the uh, the radio station. Thanks for tuning in. Because <laughs> now he's like, "Why didn't you say that?" Um, so because I always go over it, I don't say it. But um, <laughs> and so I left California. I was actually going to in the process of actually transferring from Unsung to TMZ, but I didn't want to get caught in their contract. Like they had like a three year contract where they're like, "You have to be with us three years. You can't." Um, and then you only get a certain amount of vacation time. And I'm like, uh, I know regular jobs, you get a certain amount of vacation time, but I like to have like vacation time when I'm ready for vacation time. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. And so I, I left and I came back over here. I moved back to Jersey where um, I was staying at the time. And then I left there and actually moved to New York to the Bronx. And I started working in education again, uh, started substitute teaching again, doing different things in charter schools, worked in cafeterias. So I was seeing like everything. And then I, I left. New York and then I moved back to Jersey (laughs) and I started working with the Jewish Federation Center in their early child development department and while I was there I actually started developing a book series called The Adventures of Prada Enchilada Mm. and um, I I developed it because when I was working in the school system and one particular school system I don't want to call them out because they might hate me if I do (laughs) but um, I noticed when I was in the classroom a lot of kids couldn't read and write um, and I would go and I, like literally I would when I was substitute teaching I would go in the classroom and I would say to them <clears throat> I would write on the board like hello my name is Mr. Clark and they would and I'm like okay now just copy it down and just like read it and copy it down just to see I was like let me just test and see where they're at so these were sixth graders and none of them could copy it or read it like I went around the classroom and I saw XZ3 and I was like, that's not what I wrote on this the board. Sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. So I actually, it's funny how the book, which is more for K through fourth, the series, I actually developed it off of me being in the classroom with sixth graders. <laughs> um, but I developed the series so it helps kids identify objects, learn fun facts, and utilize basic math skills. And um, it was just the thing of trying to get kids interactive, but learning at the same time. And hoping that, you know, they would catch on and have fun, open up dialogue, conversation. How long was the creative process for you? Uh, it took me, so it's a crazy backstory. I'm going to try to be real quick. So it took me about three years to develop the Adventures of Prada Enchilada. However, in that three-year process, I when I lived in New York, <clears throat> um, well, I didn't live in New York. I lived in Jersey and I went back to New York. And I stayed with my friend who lived in the South Bronx. And Airbnb was coming into play. She had She rented her house out to be Airbnb. And literally when I was there working on the Adventures of Prada Enchilada, it was guys from India who own like a publishing company or something. And they came over and her sister was there and was like, oh, Devon, you're working on a children's book. I think these guys could help you. And like I didn't it was just like just came together. It was crazy how everything yeah. just crashed. Mm-hmm. And then um, so we sat down, we talked. And then till this day, they still actually do my layouts and stuff. They're in India. I think it's like Punjain or Punjain. I don't know. Hopefully. Actually, <laughs> I, I was watching some of it and I was somewhat familiar with the animation style. And yeah. That- that makes sense. And so, yeah, so that's how that created, like, in that three-time, that three-year time process. It was mm-hmm. Friday Enchilada. And then from there, 
I started going to just calling schools up because I was in education. So I would call schools up, principals um, and our teachers that I knew. And I'm like, hey, can I come to school and just read my book? So ADC Kid was not started yet. I just wanted to read my book. I was, quote, unquote, an author, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> like this whole, everybody was into like the self-publishing world, children's author. So I, I was, quote, unquote, a new children's author. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there, I got into schools. And every time I was in the school, someone would always asked me, like, is an agency sending you out? Is a company sending you out? How are you always getting in here? Like, how are you getting here? And I was like, um, no, it's just myself calling people and talking because I'm, I can, I'm like, I'm, I'm a talker. If you can, if you notice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and from there, ADC Kids started. It actually started as DC Kids, mm-hmm. uh, which stood for Devon Clark Kids. And then um, I realized after doing more research that DC Comics owns also DC Kids, the URL. They actually Uh-oh. don't, tra- they, like, it's not trademarked, but they own a URL. So I'm like, let me just stay away from it because I don't got time for no one to come after me. I'm a small business. Please don't attack me. Does, are DC Kids even, like, is it anything? Do they do things? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, doesn't matter. We're not going to touch it. <laughs> like, I, I am familiar with WB Kids. And I know that they have some DC Universe programming on there. At least they did when I was like, you know, 15 years ago when I was watching that stuff. I don't know, but definitely, <laughs> definitely a good idea. I, I, I would want to rub up against uh, DC or yeah. oh, <laughs> like, no, no. So I just dropped the S and I made because I always wanted to have Devon Clark. So I always tell people I want to be the Black Disney, and I <laughs> and I say the Black Disney in the realm of like not wanting to be Disney but mm-hmm. wanted to do things in which he's done so people can kind of understand where I want to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I dropped the, and he has his name, like Disney is in his name, of course, right? So I dropped mm-hmm. the, um, so I always wanted my name to be in it. So I dropped the S from the kids and I just put an A in front of it and made it singular instead of plural and called it. <clears throat> and now it's called A Devon Clark Kid. So I'm like, mm. and that's how I got to ADC Kid. And mm, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There it is. So how, so kind of, on that topic, how did how did you get to actually developing this this idea to the point where it was its first full length incarnation? So I just we took the book, the original book series. So the characters, I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at the original version of it. The characters are actually older because in the book series they're older characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually took that and I took everything from that and I just created a, a raw script kind of around it, like an outline around from the book and into the script process. And, um, and from there, which is so funny, um, it was two alumni from Temple cause I was in the theater department and, and went you being friends from people from Temple, you know, your friends on the Facebook and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, Oh, I need someone that's, I need like character voice over actors. And so I'm just like one day on my Facebook and there's one uh, young lady, her name is Marion Toro. She was, uh, she put up a video of her being like My Little Pony and playing like the voiceover. And I was like, let me watch this. And she was, and it was like, I'm Sapphire something. And I was like, oh, I love it. I love it. And I was like, so I reached out to her on Facebook. I was like, hey, do you mind like being a character of Mimi Tortellini for voiceover um, purposes? I was like, I can't pay you. <laughs> I was like, but if you don't mind, like, I just want to see where I can kind of go with it. And then literally I was like, okay, now I need someone to do Prada Enchilada. And, um, once again, I was on my Facebook. Another guy from Temple who was a theater major named Marquise Moore. He was uh, he put a thing up there of him voicing Kermit the Frog, 
And um, I was like, oh, my God, I love it again. So I reached out to him and I said the same thing. And then from there, what they do, what they still do currently, too, because I don't have a studio for them to do voiceover work, mm-hmm. but they have their own professional studios at their houses. So they kind of voice over the stuff. They send it to me and then I review it and I say, yay, nay, can you go back and do this? Can you do that? And then they submit it back to me. And then on while they're doing that, the animator is waiting patiently like, um, I need these voices so I can <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can create the animation as far as like the movement and everything. Because uh, actually, my first animator was um, in California. Mm-hmm. I actually met her online on a platform uh, called Upwork.com. I don't know if you guys oh, ever heard of it. I that. actually I did freelancing on Upwork for a while. <laughs> okay, so I met her on there um, when it, before it was called Elance, but now it's called Upwork.com. It was called Elance. And um I met her on there mm. and then she was actually graduating from film um, animation school from the Philippines, but she lived in California. And um I was like, Oh, wonderful. I reached out to her, I saw her work and I said, like, I really enjoy your work and um she started doing the animation for me and then I lost her because she reached out to me one day. I was like, Can I use the stuff that I've done for you to get another job. And I was like, of course. And then she got the job off of what she did for me, which is excellent because that's what you want to ultimately do, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be able to get a job. And like, I was paying her, but I wasn't paying her what the new job is paying her. So mm-hmm. you got to go get that money. And then, but I'm going to get her back. She don't know that, but I'm going to get her and back. And now you have that. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Like now, now you have that contact. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get her back. She ain't, she ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. So the, so was this so like from the beginning of the of the production or the the inception of this first um, episode to to the end? Like, how long did that take? Uh, it took because only had one animator working on it, so mm-hmm. it actually took her a year to create the full length. Um, it's not bad, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know she was killing it. Like, I don't, like I don't know what she like. She was killing it because for her to be the only animator, and I know how much animation like the work is because I have a a guy sister right now in the um art institute however the building doesn't stand no more but it's online now but uh she does animation and she does like the anime animation okay and she's like oh i don't i don't know if i want to do animation but i'd rather do concept art or like the in-betweens or like the background art and i I didn't realize how much how many different animators are on like one team because i even though i always watch credits but i never focused on animation credits I just would go to movies because at the time I was a theater major. So I'm like, oh, well, let me see the director, the casting director, the actors. But I wasn't like <laughs> looking at the animators and stuff. And I didn't realize how many animators work on one project. It's it a- takes a bunch. Yes. So we do have to go to our first break. On the other end, we're going to talk a bit more about the actual content and goals of the um, of Prada Enchilada and its focus on early education, which is somewhere where there's actually, it's a market where there's a lot of space right now. So we'll be back after these brief messages. We've got a news update, maybe a little bit of music, a PSA, who knows, wait and see, unless you're listening to the podcast, in which case it'll be the news update, and we'll be right back. Oh, keep it locked, y'all, or you're listening to The District on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. We'll be back after these messages. 
From WHIP News, I'm Maya Tejada. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, and this is your WHIP News Update. A new fertility treatment is said to allow two women to carry the same baby. Fertility specialist Dr. Kathy Duty and her husband, Dr. Kevin Duty, are the first to perform reciprocal effortless in vitro fertilization using radical technology. According to ABC7, the process starts like traditional IVF. The next step is to place the sperm and egg into a chamber of the in vivo cell device. The device is then placed into a woman's body. The embryo is then transferred to another woman's body. This is particularly helpful for a same-sex female couple looking to start a family. This fertility treatment is roughly half the cost of traditional IVF. Ben & Jerry's is set to launch a new flavor, Pecan Resist. According to USA Today, the ice cream will contain chocolate ice cream, white and dark fudge chunks, fudge-covered almonds, walnuts, and pecans. Ben & Jerry's has expressed that this flavor is in conjunction with the company's campaign to lick injustice and champion those fighting to create a more just and equitable nation for us all. Ben & Jerry's will be donating $100,000 to various organizations who are working on behalf of people of color. Ben & Jerry's stated, the company cannot be silent in the face of President Trump's policies that attack and attempt to roll back decades of progress on racial and gender equity, climate change, LGBT rights, and refugee and immigrant rights. From WHIP News, I'm Maya Tejada, and this has been your WHIP News Update. Welcome back to the district on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. And today we are talking about ADC Kid, an up and coming um, children's educational, <laughs> early childhood educational cartoon production company effort. I'm here with Devon Clark, and we are talking about it. Yes. Yes. That's the whole show right there. That's, thank you all for listening. Now you can go home. Actually, okay. that was it. Um, I've got more music. It's time for our second break. We won't be coming back. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, before before the break, we were kind of talking about um, the history of this program. You told us that it started out as a book, um, but then you met some folks, were able to get some production off the ground, produced a full-length educational movie um, and are now working on turning that into a proper series. Mm -hmm. So on that note, can you tell us what your broader goals are with this series, what niches you're trying to fill, stuff like that? So with the Adventures of Prada Enchilada, I'm actually trying to fill a void in the market when it comes to African-American creators creating animation content for early childhood development or children that's around like curriculum base or um i guess yeah curriculum or educational base um it's not a lot of us i've actually been doing a lot of research around it because when mm -hmm. i started when i went from the platform to a book to the animation platform i realized that it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> um so it's kind of interesting um so the goal is to try to get it on either pbs kids um, or Netflix. That's the two aim goals. Mm -hmm. um, however, if Nickelodeon wants to pick it up, wonderful. Um, <laughs> if Hulu wants to pick it up, excellent. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, You're like, I'm a free agent. Exactly, we're free. <laughs> if wherever it lands, please, like, give me a call. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we're just we're trying to get it on there around those efforts uh, on those platforms and, and try to be the first to hopefully open up doors for more people of color to get into those. Um, get into those particular areas or sectors or 
um, <clears throat> and be able to fully produce more content around educational stuff. Um, like I was uh, telling you earlier, but we weren't on air, mm -hmm. as far as it being when it comes to people of color producing animation, it's more either laugh, make you laugh, like the boondocks, which <laughs> is not like early education. No, it is not. <laughs> it's not a show. Exactly. Or it's um like the only one that kind of went into it was Bill Cosby with Little Bill, but it wasn't around the same place and where we're trying to go. His was like more morals. It was like mm -hmm. compassion, love, bullying. Slightly older target audience, I would it, imagine. Well, it, it was. It, it was still the same target audience. Like, I think mm -hmm. it was three to five-year-olds. Mm -hmm. um, it was on Nick Jr., and um, but that it was around a morality type of base. It was central around like character development, what they call it in educational field, like the terminology character development. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was around that. But what we're trying to aim for is around the whole thing of actually having kids learn basic math facts um, mm -hmm. or utilize basic math. Also learn fun facts around around different things. Uh, so like one of in one of the episodes, we talk about chickens laying different eggs. And it's actually chickens lay five different color eggs. Um, I hope I can remember. I think it's white, brown, blue, green, and cream. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, like we're kind of like do fun facts in the episodes. We do, of course, basic math, where it's like counting from one to ten or or more than that. And then we also always identify objects. So if they're finding mm -hmm. eggs or a carton of milk or white sugar, because we know sugar can be white sugar, brown sugar. So we kind of be real, um, try to identify different things for the kids. So in that sector, it's never been done with an African American who has developed it, who has developed an animation around that. I don't want to say who has pitched, because I don't know as far as who has pitched. Mm -hmm. And someone asked me that the other day. It's like, how do you know no one ever pitched? I'm like, well, I don't know, but I know it's never landed on a right. platform. How many episodes do you have? So currently, we actually only have one episode. We have a full length that was done with the older characters. Right. So we shrunk the characters down to size. So um, we, I did focus groups for about two years. When we, after we created in 2016, all the way to now, well, I guess almost two and a half years, all the way to now, where we actually went into schools. I went to summer camps. I went to libraries. Um, and we actually did focus group. And like the parents, the teachers, and the students all gave us feedback. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, this is great, but can you shrink the characters down? Because these are kids you're aiming for. So your characters are older. And of mm -hmm. course, since I based it off the book, it was based off of the older characters. And so we shrunk them down to size. So now our characters are seven-year-olds. Um, and then we created a pilot type of thing around that. So we have mm -hmm. that one particular thing now that we're utilizing to pitch our campaign around. Cool. Mm -hmm. So kind of on, on the topic of the um, focus groups and stuff like that and how you've developed this more recently... Um, what is your game plan for getting this, getting this project pitched on some pretty big <laughs> platforms? <laughs> so I'm actually in the process now of writing a proposal to PBS Kids, um, mm -hmm. and trying to find an educator to be on for as a consultant, mm -hmm. uh, because on the PBS Kids platform you need an educator to be a consultant on the platform. It's a very very tedious process. <laughs> it's a lot of paperwork. A lot of writing stuff down, but we're in the process of doing that. And also, we launched our crowdfunding campaign, uh, which we're trying to aim to re at least get $25,000. Uh, it, it does cost more to make an animation. Um, it also it actually would cost, we want to create six episodes. So, to create those six episodes would be over a million dollars. But um, so we figure if we start smaller <laughs> and create like <laughs> at least one or maybe two episodes, 
Um, and we use animators who, so if anyone on Tempest campus is an animator or whoever's listening to this, if you're an animator, we're looking for animators. Um, hey. <laughs> but uh, also try to use animators that are either coming fresh out of school um, mm-hmm. that might need a startup job like I did with my first animator who came fresh out of college, I paid her, and then she got a better job. But um, And then, but she'll be back. And then, um, <laughs> and so we're trying to, um, yeah, just go to those particular platforms. So I'm writing a proposal for PBS Kids. Um, I'm actually looking to talk to hopefully someone from Netflix mm-hmm. um, to try to pitch it to them. But I figure because PBS Kids, um, their whole proposal is very, very tedious, uh, we would utilize that same proposal and just pitch it to the different people because it's so, like, mm-hmm. a lot of points to if, hit. If you do one that's that thorough once, I know PBS is, I'm not sure it's the gold standard of, of animation just because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have knowledge of these things um, or of, like, children's um, animation network things. But yeah, if if they're that thorough, that makes sense for sure. It's very very thorough. <clears throat> you have to go from the process of not only putting like laying out the character development, laying out the storyline, laying out the themes, the point of views, the from the beginning to the ends, but also you have to create your printables for your educational purposes. You have to create like your online web content or companion, as they call it, to make sure when people go online, they can access it, whether playing a video game, uh, whether getting the printable, the activities. So it's like they make you put everything down at one time and <laughs> then you ship it to them. And I believe it's a so they said it could take up to a year or two to get to their platform because they said they, they're very overwhelmed with a lot of people who actually create educational children's animation content. <laughs> um, but like I said, I've never it's never been a person of african-american descent on there um as far as i know hopefully pbs don't kill me because they might they might hit me up like uh there has been one but as far as i know there has let me go to abc kid right now and post like it on his facebook so yeah so we're just trying to uh, go that way and write the proposal up and um and then pitch it that way all right cool so i know I actually just looking at the the structure of these shows. I I think it's really cool that you do the um the fun facts mm-hmm. just because I found that one of the coolest parts about being a kid growing up in the 21st century <laughs> oh, is that if, if you have a really solid sense of curiosity, mm-hmm. um, you can get in the habit of like binge watching educational stuff. Like people binge watch not educational stuff. This is something that I personally have taken with me to 22 and continue on with. There's a wonderful scene on YouTube with, um, actually, funny enough, I watch a lot of uh, Crash Course and SciShow and stuff okay. like that, which are also PBS. Yeah. Uh, they're great. Uh, <laughs> but no, so I think that something like this will foster that attitude because I think that that starts really early. Hmm. Um, is that, like, is that the kind of, so, like, what broad strokes goals do you have for Prada enchilada, like what what impacts do you hope it's going to have on um, on the people who watch it if it if it does succeed? Well, I hope that one it'll give you like you said a sense of curiosity um, around learning fun facts, learning different things. Um, hopefully, on top of that, it'll actually strengthen the kids' math skills. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like I noticed, and also bring about a sense of wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I, I, I enjoyed when I went into the classrooms and did like the focus groups with the kids, like actually seeing them wanting to learn and participate. And I would go, literally, I would come back to one school and a little boy would be like, I know you, you came to my school. I'm like, oh, great. And he'd be like, well, I'm like, well, what did you learn? He'd be like, 
uh, in one of our episodes, we because uh, we, we're trying to do a spinoff too with Mimi Tortellini called The Stupendous World of Mimi Tortellini. And she helps kids um, learn different words. And so, but she, so she loses her letters all over town and they have to find letters and they make a word. And so um, he was like, we learned the word jovial from that particular episode. <clears throat> and so, um, and then I was like, well, what does it mean? Because we try to like define it too. And he's like, it means cheerful. So it was like, and just to know that it's stuck. So I'm like, I know that something is here and I know that it, that it is doing what I want it to do. So I'm hoping that it, it does that. It, it, it makes them want to learn. It makes them excited about learning and it makes um and it broadens that <clears throat> those, hopefully it creates, I guess, better skills in those departments and math mm -hmm. department and um uh learning different things and all that stuff better, better skills and also yeah. it it makes learning a positive thing because mm -hmm. um, i do think especially um with younger children and especially um if you haven't had a great experience in the educational system which i know is a problem we've talked about many times <laughs> on the on the district uh with philly in particular not to roast Philly's educational system too <laughs> too early. We do that enough. But um but no, anything that can that can get people to associate learning and education with positive things, with not necessarily being a boring, miserable drag, which is how a lot of people do walk into it. Um no, that is that is really solid. Yeah, because the kids learn differently nowadays. They don't learn back like even though I'm not super old, but they don't learn like the Charlie Brown want 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 no more in the classroom. <laughs> you know, like you have to be like engaging and interactive with these kids because they don't learn you're, like that. You're competing with so much other stuff. Exactly. In their I mean, this is the the information age came out of freaking nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm competing with the iPad, the, the cell phone, even though I want them to go on the iPad to watch The Avengers Fire Enchilada. But, <laughs> but like, I'm encouraging. Exactly right. I, you know, but I'm like, it's, the, it's just a fine line between it. And hopefully, and that's what we're, we're also trying to do, bridge that gap between that fine line, mm -hmm. between like still utilizing the paper content as far as like what I like about PBS kids is having that printable part because like you're still utilizing the paper content, but you're also put pairing it with the digital content. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're not losing the old school, but you're not also losing the new school. Like it's kind of meshed together. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been in some classrooms where it's just like, okay, just give the kids an iPad or a, a computer and then that's all. And it's like, no, 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 we can't do that. We have to combine both because. Just more of a personal question for you. Like what's a children's program that you remember like very it's very much impacted you when you, at, you know, at a young age. Um, well, I always used to watch Mr. Rogers. Um, okay. Same. <laughs> we all love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> or the Reading Rainbow. I'm a fan. Uh, both. Take a look. Is it not? He's actually going to be in Collinswood, New Jersey, in I think November or some around there, doing like a reading of his Lavar Burton. Okay. Um, yeah. So like the Reading Rainbow, um, of course Sesame Street, mm -hmm. um, and um, Mr. Rogers. Those were the the two ones that those are the three that i remember and of course when we got into the 90s it was like nickelodeon stuff which wasn't educational but like rugrats and all those <laughs> Doug and all that, right you know? i understand <laughs> mr rogers got even cooler to me when i found out he had sleeves of tattoos uh, yeah, he does he does <laughs> what? that's so cool does he learned, get cooler uh, i just learned this okay look it up it's so that's why he always no, had that red sweater no. <laughs> i'm so serious Oh, I love that. I'm so it, happy it I know that. It made me love him even more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute savage. I never knew. Oh. Well, <laughs> it's just like just derailed my train of thought. <laughs> um, so we're, we're almost out of time. So 
first of all, thank you for coming on and talking about this. Um, this seems awesome, and I wish you the best of luck with uh, with PBS and Netflix. If you want to, real quick, before we go to our next um, commercial and song break, uh, why don't you plug the the crowdfunding campaign that you've got going on? Okay, so you can go if you want to. Uh, contribute or share, you can go to our Facebook platform, which is ADC Kid. So A as in Apple, D as in dog, C as in cat, kid, and no S at the end. Or you can go to our Instagram, which is ADC Kid, or you can just go to our website, which is www.adckid.com. And all those platforms, you can actually see the campaign. It'll pop up on our website. Um, you can just click on it. It'll go to a Seed and Spark, which is our crowdfunding platform we're using for the campaign. Or you can go on Facebook or Instagram, and the, the link is there as well, and you can contribute or share. Awesome. All righty. Well, that's all the time we've got for this talk break. Thank you again, Devon, for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll leave you all with a couple PSAs, a little bit of music, and then when we come back, we're going to be back to our usual old, I was going to say boring, but we're not boring, but it's the, <laughs> no, it's the, not. the dry stuff, <laughs> the state of local politics. The, the point of the show. That stuff. <laughs> so I, I hope you enjoyed a, a brief respite from, from those from those topics although i also hope you enjoy those topics because i mean come on like that's what we're about here so anyway thank you all for listening we'll be back after these messages this is whip philly's number one college radio station good evening ladies and gentlemen i'm officer mcshane campus police and i dig whip welcome back to the district on whip we're philly's number one college radio station and surprise Devon's still here. And we're, and, <laughs> he wants to hang out with us. That's cool. And we after, like him. after a conversation, we decided we're going to stick to fun stories because, you know, hey, it's our last section of the show and may as well, right? I think. Oh, why not? Yeah, keep Let's it going. Keep it. So some kind of, I don't even know what this is, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, <laughs> but a wing ball, which is, which is presumably a thing. It's definitely a thing. Yes. It's been a thing for over two decades. I'm also out of touch with, with sports. Sports. It's okay. I, yeah. I was also out of touch before I had to report on it this morning. So, <laughs> hey, life comes at your face. So, um, in case you didn't know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl this year. <gasps> the first time Why? ever. Wait. Was it? Oh, all right. So, okay. So, it was oh the first God. time ever. No, because I also. Because you said that, and then it also reminded me that Mr. Rogers did not have tattoos. Oh, we do have to talk yeah, about that. We, we have to clarify that. Specify. It was, it was an brother. urban legend. I'm sorry. Fake news. <laughs> Paul Rogers has sleeves of tattoos. Which I, is I his believe. brother. If you, but that, that being said, if you want to believe it, I'm not going to stop Yeah. You. So It does make him look cooler. Like, like, yeah. like if you and just, like love only grows for him. So yeah, like, It's not slander. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely, no, that's slander. Well, it's not. It, no, it's not. It, you know what? It's, he didn't have tattoos. Believe what you want. You know, it's. Uh, anyway, the wing bowl. So yes, the wing bowl. Because the Eagles have never won until this year. Uh, WH. No, sorry. Wow. WIP <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a radio promotional event every Friday before Super Bowl Sunday for the past twenty six years, where they just got all these Eagle fans to do a wing eating contest at five in the morning. That's very yeah. specific. That is very specific, isn't it? 
Really? It it really is. At the Wells Fargo Center, and it, it, they they brought in crowds up to like 20,000 people like every year. Wow. At 5 a.m.? At 5 a.m. <laughs> I'm concerned about that. And people are drinking. They're strippers. It's like great debauchery. So, oh, wow. It's a lot going on. So like it's, it's, a, a, it's a proper hedonistic break for everybody who shows up. Like it's, it's like a real... whatever toxic masculinity you can think of, it was in that arena. Philly's weird. Right? <laughs> Philly's really weird because not only did they have this like wing-eating competition, but right after they like gave you discounts to like all the strip clubs in the city. It's oh, wow. weird. Oh. It was just a bit. It's like it's like while you're there, mind you, as well. Like at noon, like, <laughs> like it was still like early in the day. So we got a bunch of and people are like really intoxicated, like, properly day drunk, <laughs> and also eating copious Wait. amounts of wings. But last year, just before we get into why it's ending, last year the winner was actually a woman, oh, wow. and hey. she ate a 501 wings in 30 minutes. Oh, that's. How was she today? Did, let me say, like, is did she, she okay? Did she <laughs> is, she, is she good? She seems to be fine. Not the first time she won either. She just she seems okay. Wow. All right. Wow. So a, a... kind of gross. If you think about it too much, it gets gross. I'm actually so hungry right now. So like, I'm not as like disgusted by it. But like, give me a give me once I finish eating, I'll be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the college schedule. I too did not eat dinner. So I'm, I'm sitting here like, wow, like wings, wings sound great right now. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, this morning, uh, the radio station had to announce that it's coming to a close because the Eagles finally won. And the whole reason why they kept doing this is because Eagles fans had nothing to celebrate on Super Bowl weekend. Wow. And now that they won, they're like, all right, I guess it's time to retire this. But if you still want to see the highlights, there is a website you can go to that you can relive all the wing-tastic. So the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but at what cost? <laughs> Was it worth it? Well, to be real, uh, a lot of feminist groups and women's groups are like, thank God, is because it's just a lot of dudes being the worst on their worst behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you can so, see how it can get out of hand. Out of hand's a great word. <laughs> like that are, is a great term. That you <laughs> see, like, there are ways to do strippers and masculinity without getting, without getting kind of nasty. I have no experience with yes, the wing ball. Yes, but you're thinking ball, about so. drunk Eagles fans in Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I can imagine how that was <laughs> like just... You're, you're forgetting that part. Um, there is no limit to that's that. That's true. That's true. I ha- Dude, even the Eagles fans outside of Philadelphia are... <laughs> a Daily News columnist went in 2014 like just to be like, all right, I'm going to give this a chance like just so like I don't, you know, just write this off immediately and this is a, a middle-aged columnist and she immediately got slapped on the butt oh oh wow so she's like yep this is canceled i don't like it <laughs> yeah, this that's... is horrible uh why do we do this that's not welcome no oh, wow. it's not so but uh good news i guess is that uh club risque the adult entertainment club okay. <laughs> um, is this who like who... worked with oh yeah they're, they're, they're part of the stripper group right. um <laughs> sports and strippers are my are my are my uh knowledge weaknesses so they said they were like this is going to affect our business we're not having that so they're going to host their own kind of shindig party oh wow wow. okay gotta love philly (laughs) sorry for beginning the end it's like so i guess we'll see like so we'll we'll taking the eagles fandom out of the equation make it less toxic (laughs) Uh. she was when i interviewed the rep because i had to this is what i gotta do with my job you guys i have to like call strip clubs (laughs) she she said she's like 
well, you know, the after party is part of the main event anyway, so like we're just gonna make our own party. And I was oh, just like, okay. I mean, is that like a copyright sis? issue? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I doubt it. I just look, I looked up okay. Wing Bowl and there's a hashtag going around called hashtag Wing Bowl Forever. So oh, wow. people people are remembering people it. People are really upset about this. Yeah. People yeah. are really like in their feelings. Don't go too far into the internet because you'll see some like disgusting stuff, like oh. people vomiting. It's gross. Oh, oh, so like wow. So it was really. I, mean, I know we've already established this was a a, a, a gritty kind of event. <laughs> um, Oh, sorry. Now, now that now that, now that gritty's, gritty's there, you can't gritty's use that thing. word anymore. Oh, now <laughs> that a thing, that's the only word I can use to describe Philly. It's, <laughs> it's really so Philly lost a tradition today. Rest, rest in peace. Well, it was a, it was breaking news on six ABC's Twitter. They said <laughs> they should hashtag breaking Philadelphia's wing bowl ends after twenty six years. So it's oh, it's wow. a thing. It's a big deal. So, okay. So now I'm curious. So like, did people not know this was coming? Like, this is true. I mean, I don't think people expected Eagles to win. Yeah. No, but like it's been several months since they've won. No one wants to address like, hey, I think they didn't want to like touch it. They were like, let's if we don't address it, it'll still exist, you know? Yeah. And then and then they were like, nah. And they were like, what? And Give me my like, wings and strippers. That's what they said. But yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it, you're like, it was kind of gross, actually. Like, uh-huh. you, well, you think about thing. it too much. It, like, it starts so early, too. I just like at 5 a.m., people are drinking. That's crazy. I trash. love dinner at for breakfast. <laughs> Yo, last this year to, in 2018, yes, this year, they sold all their tickets in nine minutes. How many? That's insane. So, how wow. many tickets is all this? It's tickets? the Wells Fargo Center. <gasps> Oh, like the whole state, like the whole stadium, <laughs> all of it. How yes. didn't I know it? Like, did did you know about this? I knew about it, but I didn't. I didn't know that much in depth about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like 20,000 20, to thirty thousand people come every year. How did I? How not, ridiculous. Yeah. How much are these? Have you? They're, they're only ten dollars. They're only ten dollars. Oh, okay. So that's why okay. people like are like, yes, let me go be drunk for a whole like, day. Like, I'm not from strippers. Philly, but I've been here for a minute now, going to Temple, and I'm <laughs> not not a thing. Not a it's like. By that logic, we've had at least like two, at least like two, I think, since you've been here. And yeah. There's been like three since I've been here. <laughs> yes, but Tony, have you? Oh, wait. Is we this... don't do sports. Is this, is this <laughs> super... Wait, I was just about to ask, is the Super Bowl every year? Like, is that oh why? God, is that, it, it, like, is that why I don't know about it? Because no, it happens like every no, other year? I don't know. No? no okay. The Super Bowl is every year, but I think the Eagles. Okay. Don't, even, don't even correct her at this point. Wait, Maya, are you actually, do you actually not know that? All right, even I, I just, know. No, because, okay, like, is it, wait, is it baseball that, like, is stop, every few years? Stop. The Olympics. Has First of all, it's four. This is just falling apart. It's terrible. You know, we had a sports update earlier in the show. Ah. Do you not listen to that? Yeah, during that update, they laid out how frequently every sport has their uh, their big thing. Well, the Olympics. This is has been every... an attack on me, a personal attack, <laughs> and I'm offended. But this is why I'm on the district. I'm not on a sports show. You know, I don't do sports. It's, what is it? The Olympics is every every four years up to two terms. Um, <laughs> and... The winters are every two years. No. No. There's no. 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 <laughs> They're both four. Hope y'all are satisfied with the decision not to cover hard news topics for the last (laughs) section of the show. Both four. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. (laughs) There is. What is two? There is nothing that's two. I thought there was like I thought the big Olympics were like every four years, and then like the smaller ones, like the the winter, the summer. Those are every two years. Might be thinking like the junior, like the championship things that they do. They have like championship things in between. All right. Well. 
now. You know the winter and summer Olympics are never the same year, right? But there's a winter and summer every year. <laughs> Wait, there's a winter and summer every year? Oh, wow. Who, who? Uh, we gotta go. Oh, <laughs> uh, surprise. We got four more minutes. Why? This was, this is what so, so for reference, because you, you don't normally see um, this show, we we tend to focus on the really hard-hitting not like I don't want to say hard hitting news because that implies. We talk about like addiction. We talk okay. about you know yeah. heavy stuff. Philadelphia's poverty rate. Mm. Um, education. You know, education. The, the state of education politics. has actually been a really well. The state of education is actually really at stake. <laughs> it's like <laughs> really with Betsy DeVos, DeVos or DeVos. Hopefully, I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. And all those people taking the, the U.S. Department of Education uh, different chairs and seats. It's not as great as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that is a good topic to focus on. Indeed. So Especially... we do hard stuff typically, and tonight has not been which is welcome. Occasionally, occasionally, <laughs> on occasion, but you know, and that's honestly why, full, coming full circle here, um, I'm still like very much glad to hear about the ADC kid <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> pushing all Someone that. Just to because... lighten it up, cause... <laughs> no, well, the light of the show, and also from an education standpoint, like especially here in Philly, it a lot of people don't have good experiences with the education system here, mm-hmm. um, and the the pessimist in me is you know saying that like there there's only so much outside sources like cartoons can do to to help that, mm-hmm. but at the same time they do something, mm-hmm. um, and they can change the way that people frame these topics in their minds when they approach them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that can make the difference between soldiering through a crappy education system, but getting your degree, not your not your degree, diploma, jeez, high school <laughs> diploma, that's what you get from school. Your educational system. Well, are you okay? Is your education okay? <laughs> I just don't know about it's sports. My <laughs> Tony doesn't even know what he got when he graduated high school. I don't even know. know. Dude, I got like a piece of like notebook paper that said you did it in Sharpie on it, and that was my- <laughs> All that matters. <laughs> not actually. Um, I saw a tweet that was like, "Would you, would you like shred your degree for like a million dollars?" And yes. I was, and somebody was like, "I would shred it. I would like, burn it. I would do everything." I would. To I, be real, I've never had anyone ask me for proof of my degree or my diploma. Like, a, for real, because someone just write it and just like. Well, that kind of fraud is actually a thing. Like I've every once in a while, I feel like a story pops up in the news where some dude or some person at like some big fancy position will be like, "Oh, this person never went to school and was lying," and then it will become like a big stink. But Granted, no one ever checks. Like I'm kind of, I feel a little cheated. Like was this worth it? I don't know. No one has ever been like, "Can I see the degree?" Like no one has ever asked. No, we've already talked Can about it. Can I see it. the GPA? No one has ever. And is it worth it? Question mark. Has it mark? happened for you? You graduated um, 07. Did anyone say, like, hey, I want your receipts or not? Actually, one person. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, just one person. But other one than that, no. in 11 years. Yes. <laughs> so you could have gotten away with it. Not exactly. I could have did it. With it not coming it. and just but... saying, like, hey, temple. <laughs> well, I am now reconsidering a lot of my um, life decisions. This has been a transformative show. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I'm not entirely sure how to close it out. Um, yeah, so, stay so in the, school or not, kids. Stay, on that note, stay in school. Um, 
<laughs> thank you again for coming on thank you guys for having me um yeah rest in peace wing bowl if that was a thing that you liked um for every for everybody else this was a pretty light show for those of you who like really have a problem with that this is probably the most depressing show we've had all year um so sorry um hopefully whatever this new strip club centric program is that's coming around presumably with wings will be able to fill that spot in your heart I'm really looking forward to it and learning more about the Super Bowl. Cool. So on that note, this has been the district on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And that is all the time that we had for today. I'm going to leave you all with a little bit of Chance the Rapper. I'm singing because I haven't decided which one I'm going to put on yet. Let's do Angels. It's a fantastic song. Um, Except for those of you listening to the podcast, you all don't get music because it's copyrighted. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Have a a great Tuesday, y'all. Tune in on Thursday for more of The District. Tune in tomorrow, 4 to 5 p.m. for Rational Radio. And, of course, on the weekends, we've got our weekly news crackdown. I'm Tony with Maya, Taylor, and Yvonne. Have a good one.